Hello. Well, come to Drunken Time Driven. This week we've been building killer robots out of tin cans. And uh, we beat Lynx and Sontaran's robot in round three of Robot Wars. So that's uh, good. Well, it wasn't that hard, really. Yeah. It, it was Lynx robots. So. And, uh, and Robot Wars is definitely still a thing. Definitely still a thing. Anyway, it's beer o'clock, and it's time for Drunken Time Cop. Trunk and time travel. Oh wait, do it. No. Anyway, on my left, a man who gives the worst introductions ever. It's Irish girl. On my right, a man who used to be a Sontaran but got better at English girl. And our official tedious link beer for today is Roosters Fort Smith. Yep. That's it there. Showing you, showing everyone at home the beer. Yes, can you see that? Have you got a good look? Yes. Yes, today we're doing The Time Warrior. The first one in John Pertwee's final series as the Doctor. So, Lenga. Yes, Ka. Can you provide us with some kind of synopsis? I will, as always, attempt to do such a synopsis that a synopsizing would be a synopsis. Part one. Do I have to rearrange those <laughs> into a sentence? Yes, and take out two of the synopsis. <laughs> Part one. It's Captain Irongon and his psychic blood axe. That's right, we're in the Middle Ages. Is it still the Middle Ages, or is it near the start ages now? Anyway, I digress. They find a crashed spaceship, and a Sontaran gets out. His name is Lynx. His friend Rightguard must have been killed in the crash. Lynx claims the planet for the Sontaran Empire. Isn't that lovely? He gets Irongron to help him fix his ship in return for technology. Meanwhile, in the 20th century, possibly, the Doctor and Brig investigate the disappearance of scientists from a top secret base. Shh. I'm guessing it's not that top secret. The Doctor speaks to a scientist, Mr. Magoo. He also meets Sarah Jane Smith of Sarah Jane Adventures TM. Mr. Magoo disappears and the Doctor follows where he has disappeared to in the TARDIS with Sarah Jane stowed aboard. In the Middle Ages, Sarah Jane Smith is captured while the Doctor sees Lynx remove his helmet. That's got to be painful. Part 2. Lynx gives Iron Gron a robot knight. Presumably, the robot Rook and Pawn will be coming in the post. Iron Ground uses it on one of his neighbor's men, Hal, who is saved by the Doctor. He knocks the remote control from his hand before he can rewind and record. Sarah Jane Smith and Hal escape and head to the neighbor castle. The Doctor then finds the laboratory that Lynx has set up with scientists from the 20th century, because he can travel in time for some reason. They've been hypnotized apart from Mr. Magoo, who babbles on. The Doctor tries to find Sarah Jane Smith, who he has discovered is in the time period. While doing so, Iron Gron finds him and raises his axe. Part 3 Hal shoots the axe from Iron Gron's hand because he is part of a medieval A-team and doesn't want to kill anyone. 
The Doctor and Sarah Jane Smith at Wessex's Castle. That's the neighbour's. Wessex's. That's the neighbour's castle. Okay. Uh, make a defence of dummies and stink bombs. Having seen the end of Blazing Saddles. Spoilers, I guess. When Lynx and Iron Gron's men attack this, it unbelievably works. Iron Gron gets annoyed with Lynx despite the fact that he himself ran away. The Doctor and Sarah Jane Smith have a brilliant plan to sneak into the castle and offer help to Lynx if he sends the scientists home. Unsurprisingly, he shoots the Doctor. Part 4. The Doctor is fine for some reason, but that can't be said about Lynx as he's whacked on the back by Magoo. The scientists, apart from Magoo, are sent back to the 20th century, while Sarah Jane Smith drugs the kitchen food to knock out Iron Gron's men. It's medieval food, so did she need to? While the Doctor and Lynx fight, Iron Gron arrives and is killed by Lynx. Lynx then escapes into his vessel, but in a mousetrap game-inspired series of events, he is shot by Al with an arrow who falls under the controls and the ship tries to launch but explodes. Everyone manages to escape, but the castle and everyone, everything that is anachronistic is destroyed. The Doctor and Sarah Jane Smith escape in the TARDIS. And thus wow. spake the Time Warrior. And thus spake. Spake. I don't like that word. It's a real word, apparently. Well, I like it. Alright, I will make a note. You have made a note yet? I have. A mental one? Yes. I want a written one. I want it on the minutes. <laughs> do we have minutes? You mean I have to write a synopsis and then do a minute do a minute or do a synopsis? I want minutes now that I want it on record. And a podcast won't do. Would it help if I said synopsis three times? I don't know. I don't want to summon the synopsis king. King? Synopsis Captain, I think. Um, I see what you did. Episode Yes, as you may have noticed, mm -hmm. there are no more episode part episode one and episode two. It's now part one, two, and three. Mm. It's a very subtle. No, that doesn't you know, that kind of difference <laughs> at all. So does that mean we have to change from ep story to part story? No. Well, that's a shame. I'm not being dictated. This is my podcast. It's not your podcast. It's our podcast. <laughs> I'll call it what I like. What do you want to call it? Okay. What? Um, <laughs> Links to the Sun Tyrant. Actually, you said at one point about war. Uh, someone says it was to him about he likes war, and he's like, "Who doesn't?" Well, why would you not like war? It's amazing. He might have said just the start of that. He didn't say it. Yeah, I did like that conversation. It, it would it would just look so confusing. What? Why wouldn't you like war? What? What? What's up with you? Yeah, he likes war apparently. 
But what, well, is it, what is it good for? Everything. Yeah. But that's not how the song goes, is it? The, the song was well. But I did like how uh, Link's is in the Middle Ages and he's looking for skilled electricians and mechanics. It's not going to work. It's not really, is it? Did you not have a look at his surroundings and think, this is where I'm going to get some skilled electricians? He looked at the surroundings and just thought, this is just shit. <laughs> But the first thing he thought of was, uh, I'm, I'm going to conquest this place. He's going to conquest this place? Yeah. Is that, I hope he's thought it on. In the name of the Martian Empire. No way, that's, that's, uh, that's a reviewing card. Um, yeah, he has some kind of stick that he sticks into the ground. It's a double flag stick. Yeah, it makes it make two flags appear from it or something. I just kind of like that they carry that with these Suntarans like all have this ready to go at any moment in case they find an uncolonized planet. I like how the, they've adopted that uh, technique of claiming this land of yours by placing the flag. Obviously a universal thing. Yeah, flags are universal thing. Not two flags, that's just mm -hmm. a very, uh, sometime thing. Would have been better if you just, like, placed a stone or something like that. <laughs> placed a stone? Yeah. Something more alien and <laughs> different. I claim this planet of mine puts a stone down. Or, or wrote in graffiti on the ground, which is mine. Or just pisses on it. <laughs> <laughs> Runs around just pissing on everything. I claim this planet by. So, what you're saying is you'd have liked it if it was a cat. <laughs> yes. Speaking of cats. Yes. Yes, he, he seemed to like sticking his tongue out a lot. <laughs> Especially in the cliffhanger. Yeah, in the cliffhanger where we get to see a look at him because he takes off his helmet. For again, no reason. <laughs> I'll just take off my helmet now, so anyone that's looking can get a good look at my face. And if they're looking, I'm going to stick my tongue out of them repeatedly. So you're actually going to do it then? Yeah. <laughs> I withheld myself. You withheld yourself. <laughs> Or is, something in English. Is that, is that the posh version of that song, I Touch Myself? <laughs> I do hope so. I do like that, this isn't a very funny thing, but I do like that Earth has no uh, significance strategically. It's good to have a story where Earth is pointless and rubbish. Although in the, fu in the future we do, but in the past, no. No. Well, in the future, it's it's very significant in the uh, Santaran Rutan War, but not at all. They obviously don't care about timelines. No. What? Yeah. Yeah. What is it with everyone having time travel? Yeah. What? What are the timelines playing at? 
Sometimes we're not keeping a good lid on this, are we? Sometimes have it. Daleks have it. Cybermen have it. Even educated bees have it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and giant hands. Giant hands. They have it as well. What about giant hands? What are you suggesting that there's going to be a future talk to your story with a Zarbi traveling time? <laughs> yeah. I hope so. <laughs> God, I hope he also had uh, mm -hmm. the, the Mr. Santar and also had truth serum. Yeah, well, it wasn't quite truth serum, but it was, it was a truth device. Something like that. Well, he pointed a truth stick at him. <laughs> Did two flags come out of it? <laughs> Which comes with an added bonus power of they waffle on and on and just divulge all sorts of stuff. Not just what you ask them. <laughs> Indeed, I still ask them. To, we'll just tell you everything you want to know. And some bits you don't. <laughs> it's quite amazing, that stuff. Yeah, and say he's got all this fancy future tech as well. But yeah, it gives them uh, a remote control worst robot ever. <laughs> Yes, the aforementioned worst robot ever. Yeah, a remote control <laughs> Can't he have an autonomous robot or something like that? It's got this it's robot control that just walks on windmills. <laughs> uh, it's so shit. Is, is that going to be some sort of superior fighting machine? That's awesome. Yeah, it is literally the worst robot warrior ever. Which everybody was on. Which, which, which we both made a note of independently. <laughs> yeah. The exact same words. Also, uh, Mr. Lynx gives Iron Grown guns. I mean, who does he think he is? The time meddler? And when I wrote that note, I thought, oh. I miss the time meddler. <laughs> so he, he almost is. I don't remember the time meddler sticking his tongue out quite so much. <laughs> it, was, it didn't quite have as much facial hair. <laughs> or warts. What was what, what, what? Or, or looked like a potato. Well, it did, did kind of look like a potato, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Like some sort of rap thing. <laughs> I do like how his his head basically filled his helmet. <laughs> it's like some tyrant engineers made this helmet and thought, "Well, we give them like room to breathe and stuff." No, we'll just we'll just make it so tight it literally slips on. Well, imagine how big the helmet would be if it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it was already as wide as his body. <laughs> Why is a house? You can't give him room. You, you've got to go aerodynamic for when they're charging in front line. Because I've seen them do that a lot. Because the light wall and stuff. 
Did I? Well, I, I don't think it. I don't think you mentioned it much. <laughs> oh, so you turned out a pretty good deal towards the end. The doctor said, "Look, if you send the scientists home and help us defeat uh, Iron Drum, I'll help you fix your ship so you can put her off." Yeah, which was his only reason to be there. That that was his original deal with Iron Drum, wasn't it? Yeah. But he's like, no, oh, I'm just going to shoot you, and it's not going to have any effect on you. Yeah. He's an idiot. Because I'm rubbish. Because I've been spending so much time in medieval land, I've turned rubbish. So he's not an expert negotiator. No, well, he's the worst negotiator. To, to be honest, I wouldn't expect some tyrants to be any good at negotiating. I'm sure he's better at being six foot three than he is being uh, a negotiator. Which somehow brings me onto the probic vent. The weak point. Yes. The vulnerable bit on the back of his neck. Yeah, some kind of vent thing that apparently if you whack it, it'll go all weird. Yeah. It'll just come out. Which the doctor made sure to mention in his exposition. Uh, I, I can only assume that the suit's been made by the same people who made the Death Stars. How many Bolton spies died to tell us? Well, you've got you've got a lot of fails, eh? What something that other people can take advantage of? Yeah. <laughs> well, is that, it, 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 there's an easy solution to the uh, to the problem and thing, um, is there? What stick some silver? Don't fucking have one. <laughs> Well, I presume you need Or just put a cage over it so nobody can hit it. Why didn't he just put it on his ass like everyone else? On his ass? On his ass. Does everybody else have pelvic vents on their ass? Apparently. <laughs> Maybe all the others do and they just put his there just to be, uh, you know. This is a joke. Just a comedy <laughs> joke. Speaking of. <laughs> It appears that Lynx is confused by girls. Who no, isn't? Uh... Ha, 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 and then he's like, he sees Sarah Jane, and he's like, "You have two species on this planet." To which I'm like, um, "There are like 8.7 million species." You get that off top of your head. That was yeah. below their minds. I, I did kind of, I didn't look it up on Google at all. That's good. I'm impressed by your knowledge. You should be. <clears throat> so the uh, ironmonger, I mean, <laughs> iron girl. This is an iron man. Yeah, iron, iron girl. He, he doesn't have much food and wine, but that throws it across the room. Well, if you are the captain, you you can afford to be a picker. Okay, um, how is he a captain? <laughs> people called him it. I know, but it just sounds weird. You wouldn't call people captain in the Middle Ages. They called him captain. He was the world's first captain. Was he? He should have been a bit better then, shouldn't he? Yeah, he, he probably invented captain. 
Captain Nurse. Captain Nurse, yes. He invented Captain Nurse. Yeah, cap- yeah. From the uh, family nurse. Yeah, and right, right at the start of the episode, when it, it turned up, the uh, obviously the the Santarin ship had crashed. Oh uh, yeah. Because they're all in the Middle Ages and that, they thought, "Where's well, the star's fallen? I'm going to go and look for it." And he gets and convinced. Jesus no, God. I'm going to go look for it in the morning. You're going to go look for a star <laughs> in the morning. How do you expect to find that then? They're not very clever. Surely you would have gone at night while it's still shining. Well, they would have done it, except all those medieval warriors apparently were afraid of the dark. Bunch of idiots. <laughs> They're all rubbish. I do like how Iron Ron is always angry with Always. He's never happy about everything. Well, you can't have a man with an axe that's not angry. No. I believe that is one of the rules of acquisition. 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 Yes. Uh, I like how he he did say at one point as well, I'm going to leave you when he was fighting the uh, the second robot that the doctor was uh, pretending to be, okay. I'm going to leave you in as many pieces as your brother. Which was two. Yes. When he cut his head off, left him in two pieces. Two. I'm thinking, how much of a threat is that? Maybe, maybe some. It it could be an inconvenience. Maybe, maybe <laughs> uh, like. Link, so you confuse two with eight point seven billion. Ah, that's a lot of pieces. Yeah, like some kind of jigsaw. How long would it take to cut something into eight point seven million pieces? I'm sure you could work that out mathematically. I'm sure you could. I'm not going to. No. Not even if I pause it and Google it. How long would it take to cut somebody up into eight point seven million pieces? <laughs> There'll be a little page about that. Yeah, and uh, something we mentioned earlier as well, when when he was shooting the Doctor, he, the, not well, not quite, but the Doctor put a shield thing up, didn't he? An yeah. umbrella to block his uh, oh, yeah, the, laser shot. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that oh, didn't work. Oh, right, yes. Let me try that again. Yeah, yeah this is Link's, yes, he tried yeah. that, yes. <laughs> He's yeah, he's a proper war expert, this guy. Just like Iron Man, who runs away from coloured smoke. And there's an Iron Man's assistant, Blood Axe. Um, Yeah. He he should have been... He should have been jealous of the robot warrior being champion. You know when he says, "Uh, you'll have to fight my champion. He He should have been jealous of the robot warrior. That would be interesting. Yeah, but I couldn't make out half of what he was saying anyway. His accent was just so thick. Was it? Yeah. All right then. Good. So now it's time for the beer interlude. 
Yes, so we're drinking Fort Smith from Roosters, which is an American pale ale. Mm -hmm. Straight from a cow. Apparently, the, the <laughs> beer is named after the town in which Rooster Coburn lived. Who is Rooster Coburn? He, he's the guy that was named after the... <laughs> the Food pairing suggestion. Read quicker, Gav. Food pairing <laughs> suggestion. No, I got I got uh, distracted by this. Burger and fries. He got distracted by burger and fries. Yes. You don't often see food pairing suggestion, burger and fries. It's really like you know, steak or yeah, blancmange or something. Or fish and yeah, yeah not, not burger. Burger and fries. Why not? Why the fuck? Kebab and chips. <laughs> 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 Kebab meat and chips. Vindaloo and rice. No vindaloo and chips we'll talk about. Uh yeah. Yes, we're we're using this because Sarah Jane Smith. Yes. Fort Smith, Sarah Jane Smith. Dr. John Smith. There we go. What more do you want? But it, it it is very nice. But no, I'm 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 quite impressed with that. That's a, that's a pale ale, isn't it? Yeah, it's not too strong. It's not too. It's it's got very nice balls all around. It. I think it's quite sharp. Yeah. Yeah. My adjective for today. Mine's gonna be blunt. Blunt. Yeah. I think they both have the same effect. Do you not think it's blunt? Well, no. should call it. No. Apparently it's got one KR of pant. <laughs> <laughs> Only I knew what that meant. <laughs> and it's got two stickers for that. Does that mean it has two pants? I don't know, but it's made with soft Yorkshire water. How is this an American piano if it's made in Yorkshire? An American style. Mm. It's a free range beer as well. Which means what? I fucking no idea. That the, the roosters are they're not caged. The, the roosters that do it can. <laughs> what, are they, what can they do? <laughs> They've got free run of fire. So you're gonna say the roosters have free will. <laughs> We're stupid. They've got a made bigger. <laughs> you got no free will. We're doing that by choice. You've got no free will. Whip. Beer. Then you've got all these chicken philosophers who are talking about free will and stuff. There is no free will, that is only Zoo. Zoo. <laughs> oh, I was, I was stickering it. Alright. I don't know. Yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, the Doctor. He, I like that the Doctor already knows the Sontarans. Not intimately, but you know. It makes a nice mm -hmm. change from meeting an alien race and not knowing them. It's like, oh, it's these fucking potatoes. 
But yeah, I, was, I liked the Doctor at one stage. He, he got quite annoyed that he, when he found out that we were using time travel, it was like, well, we invented that. You owe us money. That's our, <laughs> that's our intellectual property. It's just a whole scam, isn't it, for Gallifrey? First mention of Gallifrey to uh, get money, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, how, how do they hold their eyes on time travel? Just because they invented it. Uh, they also invented interna in international intergalactic patents. Uh, the doctor did call them galactic ticket inspectors. This is the time word. So there was that. And then there was another bit with the doctor running around in a courtyard while various people fell over. Yeah. Literally no fighting whatsoever. No, he was just, he, running, he was just running around hay bales <laughs> and tripping up. <laughs> throwing, uh, throwing barrels nowhere near people. Yeah, for, for an episode with a lot of the first in it, there's also a lot of worst things ever. <laughs> Speaking of worst things ever, the Doctor's impression of Lynx wasn't very good at all. Well, when he put the helmet on. Yeah, and pretended to be Lynx so that the, the, so the blood axe would, would think it was him. There, there wasn't any impression, he just spoke with the helmet on. No, he spoke with it. He did a stupid accent. And. <coughs> which, which wouldn't have worked, but luckily all medieval people are thick as shit. Well, yes, there is that. Also, the doctor talks like a Norman ninny, apparently. What uh, Iron Run said in one of his more angry One of his more angry Also, the Doctor at one point puts on uh, the robot costume and pretends to be the robot fight, uh, and ends up having to fight the, uh, the Iron Run and his, and his apprentice. stupid people. And then eventually uh, is captured. Yeah, he's he's, he's captured when he uh, when, when, when the tells bomb, who he is. when he tells the bowman <laughs> to shoot arrows into him and those things. Yeah, I don't want that. Yeah. So my question is, what exactly was the doctor's plan at this point? You know, why did he think? I know what I'll do. I'll pretend to be the robots. It, when he was when he was fighting as the robot, did he think, wait, wasn't I supposed to do something? Well, his plan was to turn up as a robot. Hey, I'm the new improved robot. Alright, see you later, bye. <laughs> That's literally what he did. And then the, he told him, no, you can't go. You're going to have to prove yourself. And challenge us to a fight. Oh, fuck it. I didn't think of that. <laughs> and, and, yeah, that went wrong. Yeah. He was, and uh, what do you call him? I'm going to call him Fox of the Doctor at one point. I'm not sure how I meant that. I'm guessing not sexual. But I do think Fox, Fox of the Doctor should be the show name now. What, instead of Doctor? Instead of Doctor, Fox of the Doctor. Fox of the Doctor. 
And if that was true, that would be one type one uh, one title count already. <laughs> and we'll see the uh, a doctor again uh, this episode drinking. Well, did he drink wine? Yeah, it was at the uh, the, the dinner table. At the dinner table. Yeah. Goodness me. And uh, they offered him more wine, and they, and he goes, no, 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 exactly. I'll go on that. <laughs> you go on that. I'll get rat arsed. <laughs> <laughs> he does like his wine, does the doctor. He was a bit sexist in this. Oh, one. extremely. He, he thinks that Sarah Jane Smith will make the coffee. Yeah, I think he was missing Paul. Well, yeah. Does, does that mean he's never had coffee since then? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah I, could, I, could, I can work out how the TARDIS works, barely, but I don't know how this coffee machine works. <laughs> well, maybe he does, but he just can't be asked to do it. It's not my job. It takes all my knowledge just to pilot this thing. Pilot this coffee I, machine. I can't do this without a cup of coffee. Um, and what was the other bit? Yeah, Sarah Jane Smith admitted she was wrong at one point. And the doctor says, Oh, generous admission from the spare sex. All right. <laughs> you, uh, you come back when you're, uh, <laughs> when you're not a sexist. When you're not a sexist. Yeah, not a sexist. Doctor, mm. not a sexist. Doctor Nullifox. <laughs> Which, of course, brings us to Sarah Jane Smith, mm -hmm. her first story. She, she did buckle quite quickly and win questions, because she pretended to be her aunt, so she got into the science place. And then the doctor says, you're not your aunt. And she's like, ah, oh, damn you. And basically buckled quite quickly with that. She, well, because she's, uh, an investigative reporter. She could, she could quite clearly see that the doctor was intelligent, but he was not going to take any shit. So might as well come clean straight away. Yeah, might as well try and please, but not my making call. Well, I, I did think it was a, a first appearances were was quite, quite strong character appearances. Well, yeah. In its energy. Yeah, not not taking any shit in that, even though she was like an idiot. <laughs> yes, for She for was a, an idiot that it was strong of character. For a journalist she wasn't very bright. <laughs> well what do you expect from when? <laughs> You're the doctor. <laughs> I like how she was talking to the doctor about something and then sort of an aside to herself she was like, I could murder a cup of tea and then just carried on with the conversation. <laughs> yeah, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Completely unrelated to anything. Yeah, but I really like that. She's, it, it, she's, was, it, was, it was like it just jogged her memory. Oh yes, I could really have a cup of tea. What, you're talking about war? <laughs> but she's just like... She's, 
you know, you really sort of believe that they're in the medieval times and she's just missing a cup of tea. Yeah, and then she uh, makes a few dummies as well, as part of the Doctor's plan. Yeah, I think she had that book, Dummies Died to Making Dummies. And the dummies were better than the robots. <laughs> did we mention the robot was shit? I don't know if we did. And as a plan, though, it, that was quite a bit shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> I mean, let, let's station up all these uh, pretend dummies up to pretend we've got, like, loads of people in this. Uh, pretend dummies, so that we've got real people. Yeah. <laughs> So we've got loads of people defending this castle, but we'll hide all the normal people behind the walls. And <laughs> yeah. So you, you can only see as many people as there would have been people anyway. Brilliant. <laughs> Until one of them took her, uh, an arrow to the head. No, why is an arrow to the heart? And not, certainly not the knee. No. Um, yeah. Brigadier, he was in it for what five oh, months. Oh yes, I forgot him. Is that? Yeah. Because he was at the top secret base, so I'm guessing unit didn't do the security mm -hmm. for it. Yeah. And it, and he built some temporary offices. Yeah, he put everyone in the in the because the people were missing, so he put them in these offices so he couldn't see them going missing. Yeah. And he screwed in his offices, yeah. so that at any point you could open it and they could be there or not. And that was pretty dear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mr. Magoo, what was his name? Don't know. Rubish, I think, something like that. Anyway, ha mm -hmm. ha, he can't see, basically. I think yeah. that was his character. <laughs> but yeah, uh, there was uh, one point where, uh, right at the start, the doctor shook Sarah Jane's hands and immediately after it, immediately after Mr. McGill says her, I'm intrigued, what's that for? <laughs> but he was actually referring to the TARDIS, but he said it just immediately as he was shaking around. <laughs> and it just, what do you mean, that's like a standard form of greeting? <laughs> you idiot. You, you worst person. And um, just amused. Did it amuse you? Mm. Um, and the doctor was in, at the mm. one point, the doctor was in some kind of restraint thing and told him to, told Rubish to uh, hit a switch that would release him. And he hit, and he hit one of the switches, but it was the wrong one. He said, oh, it's the wrong one. Well, he didn't, he just said hit that switch. He didn't tell him which one, did he? Mm. <laughs> also, he can't see. But he could see later on in the episode because he made a pizza cutter. Yeah. A glass pizza cutter that you see. Yeah, is it? Is there got a piece of lens on a stick? And is he sharpening his lens on a grindstone? So, yeah, this is the uh, first uh, episode story that's had new title credit sequence thing. Yes. That's very like Tom Baker one. And we'll be astonishingly like the Tom Baker one next year. And it's the first one with the diamond logo. Isn't that lovely? Was there any caves in this one? No. no. 
I said rubbish cave camp. Yeah. 26 so far, that's it. Yeah, it, it, was, it was looking good and now it's just getting mm. rubbish now. Crooks then. My mine is uh, Sarah talking to the doctor about his Jibadabi. And it goes funny anyway, well, that wasn't French. Thusly. You're serious, aren't you? About what I do, yes. Not necessarily the way I do it. Is that I, I wasn't particularly uh, enamoured with any quotes. No, not really, neither am I. Yeah, this time round, but there was uh, there was one. Uh, it's a pretty sort of famous type quote, but I thought the doctor delivered this one quite well, and it goes thus on. A straight line may be the shortest distance between two points, but it is by no means the most interesting. Final thoughts on the story? It was all right. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Nice to see you, Sarah it, it, Jane. Good job it was only four parts. Yes, that was very good. I was well pleased with that. I think the next one might be four parts, but mm -hmm. I might be making that up. Yeah, in fact, it, I am it, it didn't get parts. dragged out too much. There was plenty of comedic value in it, and sexes and... <laughs> what do you want? Things. <laughs> and war. So, yeah, th th yeah, there was enough of a story there, and... Didn't get too tedious and all that. Uh, but it was. It wasn't really interesting. Yeah, it was not no. earth shattering. Um, well, it did a good enough job. Next time you're doing the invasion of the dinosaurs. Yes. Oh no. And it's mm. six episodes. Now. Six. Count them. Let's count. Fucking. Uh, yes, our end quote comes from Sigmund Freud. And it goes like this. What progress we are making in the Middle Ages, they would have burning. Now they are content with burning my books. Discussion concluded. Look, will you excuse me? I've got to go and find a young girl.